Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome in. This is Kevin Hissong with Rain Over Money. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day today to join me. And what are we going to be talking about today? It's the fun stuff, uh, the fun category of insurance. Uh, we've only got about 20 minutes or so, but I am going to try and hit high level on life insurance, health insurance, long-term care insurance, and, and everything that kind of weaves in there. That, that's about three weeks worth of um, videos, but we're going to distill it down into the, uh, the the 20 minute precursor here. And then kind of after the new year, as I start to get a little more specific into individual uh, topics, we will really drill down into these. But high level on what you need to know about insurance, uh, healthcare, long-term care, all that goes along with it, some do's, don'ts, things to think about, and so on and so forth. Again, thanks for joining me. Kevin Hissong, Rain Over Money. Uh, call sign is at Rain Over Money. Uh, say hi to us on Instagram, Twitter. Visit us on the website, rainovermoney.com. And if you're checking down on YouTube or on the podcast, give us a like, subscribe, and so on and so forth. So let's dive into this. Uh, starting off, let's, uh, let's take a look first at something that's, I think, important to everybody and something everyone should have, and that's life insurance. Uh, you say, first off, Kev, I am you know, single, I have no debts, and do I need life insurance? No, probably not. <laughs> it, it's simple as that. Life insurance is designed to replace income uh, that you will earn in the future for others that it may affect. So with that in mind, you know, until you have a spouse, until you have a family, you probably do not need life insurance. My parents, um, when I was a little kid, bought me a life insurance policy <laughs> when I was a baby. And I think that was maybe the thing to do back in the 80s. There's something out there, if you come across it, called the, like the Gerber insurance policies. It, it was advertised uh, in conjunction with Gerber baby foods. And you were buying life insurance on, on little kids. Uh, why? Uh, little kids don't produce income. Um, I don't know if it's, if they pass away, it's to pay off your grief that you're going to have from their, their, their death, but it makes absolutely no sense. So do not buy a life insurance policy on your kid. Uh, I don't care how good the deal is. Uh, those types of policies are sold by insurance agents. They are not purchased. And what I mean by that is we want to, as consumers, as smart consumers reigning over our money, we want to be purchasing things out of needs we do not want to be sold things uh, by by salespeople out there. And there's a lot of salespeople, especially in the insurance world. So what type of insurance do you need? So, uh, you know, everyone pretty much has car insurance, um, should have car insurance, uh, home insurance, you know, re replacing uh, things for your house, replacing things on your car. Uh, similar with your life, you should, uh, you should insure your life. Um, it gets into the difficult piece of figuring out how much do you need. Uh, and that I think I will get into that at a, at a another time altogether, but I'll, I'll tell you about what we've done. Um, we, uh, my wife and I bought life insurance when we uh, purchased our first house. And the reason behind that was uh, we were going to buy life insurance. If one of us should pass away, uh, it's enough money for the other person um to move on with life and have some assistance uh but also to go ahead and pay off the house so that the house was not a burden uh so so kind of a mortgage and life insurance go hand in hand uh, a lot of people do that so that if one would pass away another one would have enough life insurance to pay off the house uh so there's two things there, there, there's paying off the house 
yeah, really three things, paying off the house, uh, being able to support uh, someone that has passed away that has, has maybe uh, a more earning potential or, or was earning more money for the family. And the third is to assist with any children that you have. Um, we purchased our insurance before we had children. Um, I, I think maybe we bought a little bit more through my wife's uh, employer when uh, when we had children, but we really didn't didn't adjust it a whole lot. Uh, the main thing for us using life insurance was to have enough to pay off the house and have a good fund uh, for the kids for college. You know, after that, when they're in their mid twenties, they should be able to suffice on their own. So you don't need to replace income for a, a child's entire life. Uh, a little different story, maybe for the spouse, maybe you do need a little extra for your spouse. So when we bought our first house, uh, I think we paid um, 150,000 for it. And um, about that time, well, no, maybe it wasn't that time. I think it was our, actually uh, a little later on our second house is when we bought life insurance, still before we had children, but bought life insurance in our second house. And I think the mortgage on that house was like 290. Um, we both bought million dollar term life insurance policies. And I will say this, and what do the kids say, don't at me. <laughs> and maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but the only life insurance you need is term life insurance. Use, or, use it or lose it, yes. Uh, term life insurance is the cheapest insurance you can purchase out there. You go out online, you call up your local insurance agent, you say, hey, I want a term life policy for, uh, my, my mortgage is 30 years, I want a term life policy for 30 years to match that. And why do you do it like that? Well, when the uh, mortgages uh, assume the mortgage is paid off in 30 years, uh, there's there's less insurance that you need or less assistance that you need for your family going forward. So when when the house is paid off, uh, you know you don't need that fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a year anymore uh, in terms of income to pay off the house. So you don't need it through your entire life, essentially. Uh, that that's at least my thinking and that's the way I've rolled with it and it's treated us okay so term life insurance to match relatively the the length of your mortgage, if you will. Uh, should be fairly simple to purchase uh, fairly inexpensive uh, my wife and I bought ours uh, gosh going back to probably our late 20s uh, I think it's going to be coming expiring here in the next few years but that's okay we probably won't renew it because uh the house is almost paid off and the kids are almost grown and everything else uh but it did what it was supposed to do uh, i paid i think 74 dollars a month my wife paid 36 dollars a month uh she's much healthier had a, had a better um uh, better history uh, in terms of family histories and things like that. So I paid a little bit more. Uh, term insurance, very easy. A, a lot of them you can go about without getting a, a uh, giving any blood or urine um, for the for the underwriting of it. Uh, but if you do that, if you don't give blood or urine, uh, a lot of the times those rates are higher because it's a little bit more of a guessing game by the underwriters of the insurance company. I would say go the full route, uh, do the blood, do the urine. Uh, sample and uh, you'll get underwritten and you'll pay less because they've done a thorough um, inspection. Now, if you're a little bit unhealthy, maybe you don't want to go that route, but if you know you're relatively healthy, go ahead and, and go the full blown underwriting and you'll get the best deal. Set it and forget it. Set it up for monthly auto pay. Uh, it's there. Something happens. Uh, you know, you name each other as your beneficiaries. And the great thing about life insurance is you hate that you have to use it. But when you do use it, the death benefit is tax-free to the beneficiary. That cannot be said for anything else, whether we're talking annuities, 
anything else that has a death benefit on it. Life insurance is the only death benefit that is purely tax free to the beneficiary or the heir. So something to keep in mind there it makes it really simple. And life insurance has been around a long time because it is useful. Yes. Uh, it is also sold a lot. You do not need universal life insurance policy. You do not need a whole life policy. Things that build cash value, you do not need those kind of insurance policies. They are not good. In, the, the problem is uh, insurance agents a lot of the time sell those as investments. They are not investments. Um, the premium that you're paying on those things about uh, nth amount of your of your premium actually goes towards the investment side of those, even if it's a variable insurance policy that's investing in the stock market. Um, don't do it. Uh, that's all I can say. Stay away from it. Um, focus on term life insurance. Very simple. Uh, the greatest saying that was ever created out there was buy term, invest the rest. So let's say, how do, why does, what does that mean? Buy term, invest the rest. Let's say uh, an insurance agent comes to you and says, hey, you can have this million dollar term policy for $100 or you can have this million dollar variable universal life policy for $450 a month. Uh, but, but hey, that variable universal policy could grow to X times the death benefit in 30 years and you could pass on 4 million instead of a million to your beneficiaries. Um, fat chance of that happening. The difference in those two premiums would be about what, 300, $350. You buy term, you invest that $300, $350 in an ETF like SPY, overall stock market, whatever you have you, and you'll be very, very happy going forward. And you can thank me in 30, 40 years. Um, so that's what I'm going to say about insurance. There really isn't a whole lot more you need to say about it. It's very simple when you break it down to how it is designed and what needs to happen. Um, but we will get, we'll, we'll spend a full episode on insurance down the road, uh, but hopefully that's enough to, to get you going and take a look at what you're doing yourself. Um, next up is healthcare. Now, here's the scary thing. I am licensed to sell health insurance. I know about a pinky's worth of health insurance. I find it the most complicated thing out there. Um, my wife is in the health insurance industry uh, on the insurance side as well. It is extremely confusing. You'd think we know all the ins and outs and everything that goes with it. Medicare, Medicaid, supplements, Part D, um, accidental, you know, everything in the world that goes with it. It's extremely confusing. Here's what I will say to all that. Hopefully you have a good health plan at your job um, and that health care can, can take care of you through work and through the working times and hopefully you can put your family on it. Uh, one thing I will say if both spouses are working, you know, from time to time, take a look at the policies. Maybe uh, you've got it set up where you, you use uh, your work's policy, your spouse uses theirs, and maybe you put the kids on one of those policies. But from time to time, you know, companies change who they use. Rates go up, rates go down, you shift companies, whatever it may be. Uh, and it may make sense to look at, okay, maybe this year, maybe we take a look at putting, um, you know, the whole family on, on the husband's plan or the whole family on the, on the wife's plan. Just something to think about there. Uh, but hopefully that's the way to go. I think the real issue with healthcare gets into when you retire. That is a very large expense that people, um, it, it, it's tough to plan for and, I hope financial advisors are are taking a, a real serious look into that because it probably will be the largest expense you have in retirement. Um, so yes, you, you get a break by, by being able to access uh, Medicare. 
in retirement. I think uh, I think it's at 65, uh, but you get Medicare in retirement, so you get a little bit of a break there. Uh, does not cover everything. That's why you need a supplemental plan uh, from time to time to go with that to cover the things that Medicare doesn't. And you see those commercials on TV all the time, and they're they're legit. I mean, you do need it. Uh, my mom has been very happy. She had. Uh, I think she had United Healthcare for a while and then she had Anthem uh, of late and she's been very happy with her supplement plan. Doesn't pay a lot. Insurance is covered. She's got, you know, diabetes, so has to do insulin shots and everything. A lot of that's covered. So uh, it definitely pays off. Um, a couple things, though, with healthcare and retirement. One, if you're going to retire early, there's a big gap there. Uh, let's say, uh, like us, we plan to retire fully at 55. There's going to be a 10 year gap um, that we do not have health insurance. So we are going to have to buy it on our own on the open market. Uh, that can be expensive. Uh, depending on how healthy you are, it can be more expensive. Uh, so that being said, what did we do because of that? Well, here is something to think about. Uh, if you have a fairly good benefits package at your job, you may have something called an HSA, a health savings account. And what this is, is an account where it kind of works like a 401k, where you can take part of your paycheck and put it into this account without that money being taxed. So it's kind of pre-tax money being put in this health savings account and it can be used for all sorts of, of healthcare things. It, you know, just think of it as a really a separate account to pay for healthcare expenses that your health insurance doesn't cover. Copays, um, I don't know, glasses, contacts, um, you know, surgeries, whatever it may be. So um, that's something you can utilize these health savings accounts. But here's a cool thing. And, and this is what we're doing. Um, I, you can put uh, last I saw was about $7,500 a year you can put into an HSA. So we try and max that out each year. Um, if you don't use you don't have it's not use it or lose it. There's a difference in a there's a flexible spending account and an HSA flexible spending accounts. You got to be careful if you're using those because that's kind of a can be a user lose it where if you don't use all the money you put away into that in a year, you may lose it and flexible spending accounts can can be I, I think you can use it for healthcare, but you can also use it for daycare things like that. I think we used it at one time, but don't confuse the two. I'm just talking about health savings accounts. Health savings accounts are great because you can put that money away. You can actually invest that money. A lot of the times the health savings accounts are tied to a, a brokerage account fidelity. Uh, I think ours is through fidelity or whatever. And, and the way it works is anytime we get over $1,000 in that account uh, that gets invested, we keep $1,000 in a cash account and everything over $1,000 gets invested. And we're just keeping it simple, just like everything else, investing it in total stock market, just letting it grow, do its thing over time. Um, and, and I want to say, say ours has grown to, I want to say it's about $70,000. Now we've gotten our HSA and there's a reason it's grown. Um, we plan to use that HSA to help us out in that period between years 55 and 65 uh, because HSAs uh, can pay for healthcare coverage. And so we plan to use that to uh, pay for healthcare coverage until it runs out. Also, the nice thing about HSAs is they are not taxable when you take the money out. So you get the pre-tax benefit uh, obviously, of reducing your income and investing by, by the money going into the HSA account right out of your paycheck. But when you use the money, um, in our terms, the money that's grown, so let's say we've put $20,000 in there and now it's worth $70,000. I don't know if those numbers are right, but there's $50,000 worth of growth. That never gets taxed as long as you're using that for qualified healthcare, um, um, qualified healthcare uh, situations. 
So all that money is going to be tax-free that we're using. And again, we will use that over time for any healthcare issues between 55 and 65. And if there's any money left, we'll continue to use it past 65. Uh, so that's the plan there. So HSA is very cool, worth checking out. If you don't utilize it already, definitely highly recommend you check that out. And we'll spend again an episode further next year, uh, probably in 2024, focusing on that and the, the nuances of the HSA. And that, so that, that kind of covers healthcare. I know it's not big into it, but hopefully you got a good plan at work, utilize it, take a look from time to time, see if it makes sense to switch plans between the husband and wife if you're both working and, um, and utilizing the HSA account if possible. Last thing we'll talk about is long-term care. Uh, well, not, not la well, yeah, we'll talk about long-term care and then there's one other thing I'll talk about. Long-term care insurance, LTC. Long-term care came out a long time ago as um, kind of this supplemental plan where if you went into a nursing home, if you needed assisted care, uh, it would be there to help pay the premiums because um, as many of you may know, if you have older parents, if you you know had, had family that's gone through this, there was a, there were a lot of people that have lost all their life savings to nursing homes and so on and so forth. It happens. Uh, it happened to my, my aunt's sister. Uh, I'm sorry, my aunt's mother. Um, uh, and and I've, I've heard a few other times. Uh, the majority of people will be in a uh, assisted living facility for some point of their life. Um, it's just, just a matter of how long and how expensive, unfortunately. So uh, do you need to be prepared for that? So, so you're rolling the dice if you decide not to do any long-term care insurance. Um, the problem with long-term care insurance, it's very expensive. And it's always been very expensive. And in the old days, I'll say policies that were written 20, 30 years ago, one of the big knocks against long-term care policies where they were very specific on what could be paid for and how it was paid. And I've known people that... Um, family had long-term care policies, but the, the insurance companies wouldn't pay out because it didn't specifically fit the need in the long-term care policy. So you got to be uh, cautious of those things. Long-term care, care policies, I feel I've gotten a lot more general and broad in terms of what they cover. So it's, it's tried to make the language a little bit easier. I would say long-term care coverage is something you do want to work with an insurance agent, a trusted insurance agent on. Um, to to go through the nuances of what's covered what's not covered and so on and so forth understand the premiums understand the premiums can increase and so on and so forth but but straight long-term care coverage works kind of just like life insurance health insurance you, you pay a premium monthly or quarterly or annually and it's there if you need it when you need it you may not ever need it but hey that's that's the risk reward with insurance you may pay into it your entire life never need it well you know, so be it. You, you gambled and it didn't pay off. But on the other side, the flip side, if you don't pay for it, it could also wipe you out. Uh, so that's what I'll say about long-term care. But here's what I will also say about long-term care. There are policies out there now. Uh, Lincoln has something called MoneyGuard. Uh, MoneyGuard is the name at Lincoln. Uh, and I'll get specifically into these in, a, in an individual episode. But just so you know, from the long-term care side, uh, Nationwide has one. I think Pacific Life has one as well. But they're called hybrid policies. And what's cool about these is they're a combination of long-term care and life insurance together. Because as I was just saying, the issue with long-term care and the issue with insurance for that matter is uh, you may pay premiums in your entire life and never use it. Uh, long-term care, you know, or I'm sorry, life insurance may be a little different because eventually we're all going to die. So if you keep a policy your entire life, it'll pay out to somebody. 
Uh, but term life policies, you know, you may pay into it for 20, 30 years. Uh, you don't die, it goes away, you paid into it all those years. Well, that's just the risk you take with it. Um, but these, these hybrid policies are very cool. And this is something uh, my wife and I will probably look at as we get closer to 55. Um, how they work is usually you put in a lump sum, 50,000, 75,000, $100,000. Yes, it sounds like a lot. Um, but uh, you think about what you're doing here, you're kind of prepaying all of your long-term care insurance at one time. And what it is, it, it's, it's A, it's a lump sum um, life insurance payment, that, but that's also a combination long-term care policy. So it's there, the policy's there. If you need long-term care, it will pay out for your long-term care facilities. And the more and more it pays out in your long-term care facilities, it will, it will reduce the death benefit that gets paid out to your beneficiary on the, long, on, the, on the life insurance side. Sorry, I'm being a little confusing with this. So, if you, so you, you pay in, you got this death benefit level up here, uh, but if you're paying long-term care uh, premiums or in nursing home facilities or whatever, that death benefit's gonna go down, down, down on the life insurance policy. Hey, but, but you know what, big deal. It's there, it's doing what it needs to do. Now, if you, if you buy one of these hybrid policies, you never uh, use long-term care, you've got a nice uh, life insurance death benefit that will be paid to your beneficiary. So it's not one of those cases where it's, um, you know, you invest all this money or put all this money into this and never see any benefit out of it. Your a beneficiary will reap the benefit of the life insurance side of it should you not have a long-term care policy. So those are called long-term care hybrid policies. I really like those. And I think that's the way a lot of people should look to go. They're still expensive. Don't get me wrong. Long-term care is expensive as it is, but at least there's a nice either or benefit with those instead of just needing the long-term care side that you may not use someday. So I've reached my limit. Uh, I, I like this episode. I, I, was, I think I was able to hit on life insurance, health insurance, long-term care. Uh, just a precursor. Again, we will so much get into details. We've got about three more episodes to cover with the ROM diamond, uh, the rain over money diamond. Got to get these fundamentals out of the way. We get these fundamentals out of the way, these building blocks. Now, then we can start getting into the details, uh, probably starting uh, early 2024. But we've got uh, three more episodes to cover the ROM Diamond. That'll be complete. I'll do a review episode on the ROM Diamond. Then, hey, we'll be off and run into the details and really get our hands dirty with the, uh, with the nitty gritty. So again, Kevin Hissong, Rain Over Money. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, give us a like, give us a visit uh, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you uh, may socialize. Visit the website for additional information information. And we will talk to you again real soon. Kevin Hiss on Ran Over Money. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you later. Bye.